Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. My guest today is Nikki Rausch, CEO of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling. Nikki has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling, and that's selling in air quotes. With over 25 years of experience selling to such prestigious organizations as the Bell and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, and NASA, Nikki shattered sales records in many industries receiving multiple top producer awards along the way. Today, entrepreneurs and small business owners from a wide range of disciplines hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically without being pushy or salesy. Thanks so much for joining me today, Nikki. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm thrilled to have you here. Sales is one of my favorite subjects um, and authentic selling is uh, so fabulous. Um, and, and we're going to be talking about like the fear of selling today. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with um, why are people afraid of sales? I think the reason most people are afraid of sales is because they've been on the receiving end of somebody who has done it really bad and they don't want to be perceived in that way. They don't yeah. want to feel icky or pushy or aggressive or, and they're worried about judgments, right? Like what are people going to say or think or feel about me if I'm out selling to them? Yeah, I I think you're probably right about that. It's so unfortunate that we have experienced salespeople to the point where (laughs) we don't want to be with them and we don't want to be them. And unfortunately, we have to be doing some form of business development. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I often say the, one of the biggest misconceptions about sales, in my opinion, is that people think that selling to somebody is something you do to somebody. And I say, that's not true. Selling actually is something you do with somebody. And when you approach it from a more collaborative, a collaborative approach, that this is a with conversation, not a to conversation, then it gets a little bit easier. Yeah, I love that. That that is really great. Okay, so so then this is like a perfect segue um, for my next question, which is: Would you explain to the listeners what relationship selling is? Yes, thank you. So relationship selling to me is built on the foundation of rapport. And the idea behind building rapport is, are you making what I call rapport deposits in your bank account with the person you're in conversation with? So I always think of everybody I meet, 
I have a rapport bank account and my goal is to make as many deposits as possible because they have a good interaction. They enjoy their time with me. They enjoy the conversation. They find it valuable. The flip side of that is sometimes when things don't go well, you make a withdrawal from that rapport bank account. And when you have built up enough credits, then it's okay if something doesn't go quite as right, because people will give you a little bit of leeway. They'll give you a little mm. grace. But if you're just meeting for somebody for the first time and you don't have any rapport, you know, bank account with them, you have no balance. And if you don't do it well, that's probably your only opportunity that you're ever going to connect with this person. They're not going to give you their time or their attention again. So it's about building up your rapport bank account, making sure that you leave the person feeling good about the interaction with you. And that is where you make the relationship, the priority, it becomes more important than the sale. Ah, the relationship becomes more important than the sale. That's a struggle for a lot of salespeople, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, because depending on if you consider yourself a business owner, you might not think of yourself as a salesperson, but if you really are in a role as a sales professional, you know, most of us from this background, we know like you have a quota hanging over your head and you have, you know, the, the philosophy behind sales is always like, what have you done for me lately? You know, from a boss's perspective. And so every month you start at zero and you're, you know, you're chasing that like goal again. And I get that. I come from that background. When you start to treat people like they're more than just a dollar sign to you, you actually care about them as a person. You care about what their need is, what their want is, and you're able to supply a solution, then things get easier. And frankly, most of us want to do business with people that we feel good about, that they've treated us with respect. We feel like they care about what our problem is. And then it's easier actually to earn the person's business when you don't treat them like, you know, you're just a dollar sign. You're just a part of my quota. Do you think, um, I want to ask this question. Do you think that, that is more important these days that then say, you know, 30 years ago, or do you think it was yes. always important? Well, I'm going to say, I think it was always important, but I think it's, it's, mo it's even more important today. And this is because we, as a society, we are savvy. Like we know yeah. that there's not just one solution for anything. There's always another solution. So you're not the only game in town. And if you don't treat somebody well, they'll go find somebody else to buy from. And the other thing is, I think as a society, we've become skeptical. We're, we're skeptics by nature because you always are hearing stories of people being taken advantage of or something where, you know, people don't actually deliver on what they promised and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I think as consumers, we're we're savvy and we're skeptics. And therefore, we want to make sure that the people that we're working with the people that we pay money to, that we turn over our hard-earned dollars, that, you know, they're legitimate, that they have something of value, that they're going to deliver something to me of value. Because the other thing I also think is that we're even more, I think, prone to think about the world only revolves around me, right? Like everything mm -hmm. that happens, happens to me, for me, or against me. And your customer is the same way, your clients the same way. They think everything is about them. And 
if you show up in this, in the sales conversation and you do make it about them, it's more comfortable. It's more, it's, it's more engaging. It's more interesting to them, frankly, than if you show up in the conversation and you're concerned about me mm-hmm. and what are they thinking about me and how is this going to help me? And am I going to get this sale? And that's all about you. And that's not putting the relationship first. Yeah. Right. Right. Tell us about your selling staircase framework. Okay. So I really focus on the sales conversation and this is what I teach and coach on is how to have more strategic, effective sales conversations. So I've broken it down into this five-step framework, which is called the selling staircase. And the idea behind it is as a salesperson or as somebody who wants to earn somebody's business, it's your job to move a client from step to step to step. So the five steps of the selling staircase, the first step is introduction, your job there is to make a powerful first impression. Step two is create curiosity, have somebody pique their interest, have them want to know more, have them want to be able to spend time, give you their time and attention and hear what you have to say and answer the questions that you have for them. So we want to pique curiosity so we can move to step three, which is the discovery. This can also be known as the consultation call. And the objective of the discovery call or the discovery part of the conversation is to understand what's going on for this person, what's their problem, what's their need, what's their want, and make sure that you're asking strategic questions that leads the person down the path to hire you. And then once you've done a well-done discovery, it's easy to move to step four in the selling staircase, which is proposal. This is where I'm laying out a way that we could work together and making it really easy for you because I'm going to recommend what I know you need based on what you've shared about yourself. And the difference here I often say is your job as the salesperson is to stand in your place of credibility, recommend what the client needs, not what you think they can afford or what you think they'll spend, but recommend what they need. And then step five in the process, which goes really hand in hand with step four, which is the close. And that's issuing the close language. And you have to be able to get those words out of your mouth because oftentimes if you don't issue the close language, the person you're in conversation with won't make a decision to hire you. And so that's super important. And the objective here is that you move through each step and you know what you're doing, you know where you are in the conversation, you know what to say next. And that's the beauty of the selling staircase is because it gives you a framework to walk through that sales conversation and get to the place where you exchange dollars for services. Boy, there's so much that I like about that. I, I love the uh, the structure of it because I agree with you. It, it It's so... Um, step-by-step it's so structured that it makes people don't have to think about it and and worry about sort of recreating every time they're doing something another thing I really like about it is that the discovery is asking the questions getting the information in before you discuss a a solution that seems Mm -hmm. like opposite of what a lot of salespeople do That's true because I think sometimes we're so, we're so grateful or so thankful that we have this person's attention and we have their time that we, we make this huge mistake and we think that we, we should sell during that part of the conversation, but that's actually, it's such a detriment 
to you because you can overwhelm and overload somebody because you ask a question, they answer it and you go right into pitch mode. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you ask another question, which kind of changes what your answer would have been. And then now you pitch this other thing and, and so on and so on. And it's just like, usually what it does is it talks people <laughs> into going into like overload. So they're not going to make a decision. Yeah, it's overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. And they can't connect yeah. all the things that you're telling them to anything at that point. Right. So when you have all this great information and you and you do what I call a clean discovery call without pitching, without selling, mm-hmm. then when you move to the place of the proposal, which by the way, I always recommend asking permission before you go into sales mode. So an example of that would be to say to somebody, you know, based on what you've shared with me, I get a sense that there is a way that we could work together. Would you be interested in her in hearing more about that? Yeah. And if you ask permission, now they're ready. They're ready for you to now lay out your offer for you to go into the sales part of the conversation instead of just showing up. I often say a lot of times salespeople try to skip steps. They, they meet you and they go right into sales mode. They go yeah. from step one to step five. And when you do that, that's when people feel annoyed or irritated or put off by you. It's, it's kind of like asking somebody to stand in front of a set of stairs and from a standing position, just hop up to, you know, to the fifth step. Now, some people can do that. They have a really strong core. Most people are going to look at you like, first of all, why would I do that? And you're crazy. And so, you know, knock it off. Stop asking people to make these huge jumps, walk them through the steps and it gets so much easier. Yeah, it really, it's just amazing because what you're talking about makes so much sense to me Um, and and really is easier because you're both walking toward the same solution, right? Or the same conclusion, right? Is really what I wanted to say. So that closing is easier and, and, you know, the permission-based I love, I, I think that's absolutely right. And so, you know, you watch people engage in practices that are complicated or are not effective. And so they're uncomfortable. And so then it doesn't feel good and it's awkward and it's unpleasant and for everybody involved and, and all those yeah. things. And it doesn't even get you to goal. Right. You spend all this time and, you know, especially for entrepreneurs who oftentimes lack any kind of background in sales, they start to think, I can't sell. They start to think nobody wants what I have to offer. So my business is going to fail. But yet oftentimes, if you would just learn how to have an effective sales conversation, you'll find people actually do need and want what it is that you that you're offering, because rarely does somebody go into business and and start a business that's frankly like a really bad idea. There's something there that compelled them to want to make an impact in the world in some way. So there's, there is an audience out there for whatever it is that you offer. You just have to make sure that you know how to have those conversations to make it easy for people to either say like, Hey, I'm moving that. I'm going on that staircase with you and I'll go step by step and, and give you my money because I need whatever it is that you're selling, 
or you get to a place in the conversation and you realize this isn't a good fit for this person. So I'm going to just bless and release them. I don't have to try to convince them, you know, to buy something that's not a good fit because there's plenty of people out there who will buy whatever it is that you're selling. It's just, it's just making sure that one, you got to find them, which I feel like this is a lot of, you know, maybe some more of your expertise on the marketing side, like find those people and then have really great conversations. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally, uh, totally in agreement with you on this. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then um, I have some more questions for you. Whether you're a seasoned designer or a total novice, with Visme, you can create engaging, dynamic, branded content that makes people ask, how did you do that? Visit tinyurl.com slash seasevisme to explore. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. Today we're speaking with Nikki Rausch about overcoming the fear of selling. So Nikki, um, <laughs> when you talk to me about um, the difference between cat calling and dog calling in the sales process, please. <laughs> I sure will. Thank you for asking. I know sometimes that feels like, is this going to go off the rails here? So we'll see. We'll see how I do. You tell me. Now, I had mentioned in the selling staircase that step two is creating curiosity. Oftentimes people don't know how to create curiosity. It's actually the most missed step. So I compare creating curiosity to the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat. Now, I don't know this about you. Are you a dog or a cat lover? I actually have two cats and a dog. Oh, okay. So this will work for you. I think either way. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you want to get your dog's attention, oftentimes you show up in the conversation with the dog, like, come here, baby, let's go do something fun. Like, come on, come on. It's this like high pitch, high energy, um, kind of fast talk, uh, process and dogs really respond to that, right? They're like, Oh my gosh, we're going to do something fun. I can't wait. Like, are we going for a walk? Do I get a treat? What's going on? They're totally in. Unfortunately, when you show up in a sales conversation with what I call dog calling energy, people get turned off by it. It comes off as too much. Oftentimes it also results in what I call word vomiting. We word vomit all over somebody because we're so excited to tell them about whatever we're selling or doing and blah, blah, blah. And people go like, too much. Like that's, that's just too much. So the flip side of this is think about when you want to get your cat's attention. You often will do this thing where you'll go here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. Now your cat may or may, I think, I think you said you had two cats. So the cats may or may not come, but they'll probably at least give you a look, give you an opportunity. They'll pause enough to go, what are you doing? And do I want to come to you? Right? Yes. So when you show up in conversation, we want to create what I call here, kitty, kitty statements. And oftentimes these come as a result of questions that people might ask you. You want to have an answer that spurs them to go like, oh, tell me more about that, right? It's the here, kitty, kitty. So just a really random example of this is 
let's say you're, you're out and about and depending on what type of type of business you're in. Like for me, obviously I'm working with people who want to grow their sales. So if I'm out and about and I don't necessarily know who I'm in conversation with all the time, but if somebody goes like, Hey, have you been lately? I could say something really simple, like, Oh, I've been good or fine, but that doesn't actually open the door. That doesn't create any curiosity. But instead, if I say, Oh, I've been great. My podcast is really taking off. And then it gives that person to go, Oh, you have a podcast? What's your podcast about? Well, now I have permission to share a little bit more about what I do. And when that happens, they might go like, oh, you teach the sales conversation. You know, I have this part of my business where I need to sell and I struggle with it. Then now I've got an opportunity to invite them to the next step in the process because they just gave me what I call a buying signal, right? They've indicated interest in some way, but that only came about because I chose to take an opportunity to potentially create curiosity by having what I call these here kitty kitty responses to my standard answers to questions. Wow. That, that is, I love that. Thank you. Wow. And, and what are some exa- some other examples of buying signals you just mentioned, you know, yeah. that, that that one was, what else? Yeah. So buying signals, just to be really clear, if somebody hasn't heard this before, are verbal and nonverbal cues that people give that indicate interest. So I'll give you just, um, I'll give you three really simple ones. Like here's the most obvious of buying signals. And yet people miss it all the time. Somebody asks you about your pricing huge buying signal. As a matter of fact, in my head, I actually hear like a noise and it sounds like this. It goes ding, 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 buying signal. (laughs) So when somebody asks you about your price, one of the mistakes that people often make is they'll say the price or they'll say something like, well, it depends, which by the way, should never, ever be your answer to the price question. Even if you're listening right now and thinking, yeah, but Nikki, it does depend. I get it. And there's a better way to answer that question. So when somebody asks you about your price, I don't want you to just give your price. I want you to give your price and follow it with an invitation. So if somebody says, you know, you know, what's it cost to be in your sales maven society, Nikki, I want you to say, or in this case, I would say, cause it's mine. Yeah. I want, I'll, I'll say, you know, it's $147 a month to be a member. Is that something you'd be interested in? I have to follow it up with an invitation. Um, so when you get a buying signal, you act on it you issue an invitation, you answer their question, you issue an invitation. So that's one example. Do you want me to give a couple others? Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't know for a time. Um, So just really quickly, I, I kind of had given a cue about one is that if somebody asks you really any question can be a buying signal, but another, I guess maybe this one isn't the same. So another one is if somebody gives you a compliment, if somebody gives you a compliment about something that has to do with your business or anything that can relate back to your business, take it like what you say when you get a compliment, which is usually thank you, and then follow it up with an invitation. And sometimes that invitation, like let's say somebody says, you know, gosh, I was listening to your podcast the other day, Diane, and you had said this thing and it just really got me thinking, I need some help with that in my business. Or or like, gosh, you know, what you said just really rocked my world and you're just so good at what you do. I want you to say to that person, thank you, I appreciate it. Now, is there some way I might be a resource to you? Yeah. Gotta follow it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this is great. I, this is really, really valuable for the listeners because I, I, so many don't 
do, they do exactly what you were saying. They either don't say thank you when someone gives them a compliment, you know, they, they sort of negate uh, mm-hmm. the compliment um, or they do exactly what you said. They, they, you know, thank you. And then that's it. And I can see how that misses an opportunity to take the conversation further. Yeah. I can't, I honestly cannot tell you how many, I probably couldn't even count how many clients I've earned by somebody giving me a compliment and me following up with an invitation. I just actually had somebody sign my sign up for my group through a LinkedIn connection where she sent me a really nice like message through LinkedIn and complimented me about the podcast. And I asked her if there was some way I could be a resource to her. She was like, I could probably use some help with sales. And I was like, come join the sales maven society. And here's what you're going to get out of it. If that's something that's interesting, I'm happy to get on a call and ask, you know, answer questions. And she's like, I'm just going to go sign up right now. <laughs> well, that wouldn't have happened had I not, right. had I not done that one more step. Yeah. And I think, do you, do you, I'm curious what you think about this. Do you think that um, sometimes the salesperson, small business owner thinks that the other person will say they want to do business with them, but really the, you know, the, the prospect, so to speak, um, doesn't really know how, or doesn't know whether they, um, qualify or can afford it or, you know, whatever. So they don't, it feels like they're at an impasse where the yes. salesperson's waiting for the prospect and the prospect's waiting for the salesperson. Yes. I love that you commented on this. I agree with you a thousand percent. I one time had somebody before she became a client, she said to me, cause she heard me talking about this buying signals, issuing invitations. And she came up to me and she said, you know, uh, Nikki, I, I heard you speak about this and, and it's interesting, but you know, I sell to adults. That's what she said. And I was like, I was stunned in the moment because my brain starts going, who doesn't sell to adults? Who doesn't sell to adults? Yeah. What, what is the reference here? And I'm like, I'm trying to rack my brain to go, who doesn't sell to yeah. adults? Like everybody I work with sells to adults. And then I said, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And she said, well, if somebody wants to hire me, they'll let me know. And I was like, oh no, they won't. And here's why our brains are lazy. They say on average, a, a client shared this with me recently, that on average, an adult makes 35,000 decisions a day. Wow, That's really? crazy, right? I don't know if it's true, but this is what she's telling me. 35,000, up to 35,000 decisions a day. We have decision fatigue. And if you don't pose a decision in front of somebody, they often won't make it. And also you would, you kind of touched on this too. The fact of the matter is if somebody isn't totally sure, like, I don't know, maybe she wouldn't want me as a client. Maybe she doesn't think I qualify. They feel a little intimidated by you because you're an expert at what you do. Yeah. And so by issuing that invitation, one, it's super flattering. I would say like my favorite song is cheap trick. I want you to want me like people (laughs) want to be wanted. And when you can say to somebody like, Hey, you know, is there some way I could be a resource to you? Or gosh, I would love to earn your business. Is there an opportunity for us to work together? Sometimes people are super flattered by that. Even if the answer frankly is I wish, and I can't afford you, they're still flattered. And when they can afford you, guess who they're going to come back and hire. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'm so glad I asked the question. I think that that is such an important thing that people have got to realize that 
they're not going to necessarily reach out. And once you've got them as a client, they're not necessarily going to ask you about another need that they have. They, they don't necessarily know that you provide other services or products, mm. or even if you think you told them, you know, that they weren't paying attention at the time. Or they didn't need it at the time. So right. they never even like gave it the, the thought process it deserved. This is yeah. also why, especially when you have an existing client, like the easiest business to earn, everybody yeah. I think knows this is repeat business. Right. So if you have an existing client, you got to be planting seeds. You have to be creating curiosity during those conversations. So they're like, oh, I didn't even know you did that for clients. I need that. Right. Exactly. Oy, so much to it. Um, this is so great. I, I really, I appreciate the information. I, I love the, um, the selling staircase, the cat calling. It cracks me up because it's such a great, visual like because you're right I have cats and a dog and I, it is a totally different conversation depending on who it is I'm <laughs> talking to at the time it's also a one-sided conversation but that's another thing um yeah so Nikki I, I really appreciate this information will you share with the listeners you know how they can find you what you've got going on Yes, stuff. thank you so much. It was sure. fun to have this conversation with you. So the easiest way to find me will be wrapped around a gift for your listeners, which is my ebook closing the sale. It's all about increasing that confidence. And it really focuses on kind of the last three steps in the selling staircase. You can get that by going to my website, which is yoursalesmaven.com forward slash accelerate. And this is for your listeners. So yoursalesmaven, it's M-A-V-E-N.com forward slash accelerate. And then we'll be connected. Awesome. That's so great. Thank you. I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. And listeners, thank you. Thank you. This was some really good, very specific tactical information, as well as um, philosophy, which I also like. So make sure you listen to this, make sure you go um, to Nikki's website and get that information. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. 
Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.